1: begin to be poured out upon all men wow. <laughs> <laughs> This is that, this is Spoken, that. By Spoken by the prophet Joel. Uh-huh. Spoken, Spoken by the prophet This is that Spoken by the prophet Joel. Spoken by the prophet last days I pour out my spirit saying the Lord Said they've had too much to drink. Peter said these men are not drunk. As she supposed. he commenced the preaching and the will began to flow. They caught up in and And what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you. I, 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 I And then the well's still flowing The promise has an ended. you can't dispute the facts The fire's still burning Just like the book of Acts He fills you with the spirit You will speak with other tongues That's still the way That the Holy Ghost comes This is it I've spoken by the door.
2: can only sing like Timothy Spell. Pastor Bob here, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Good to have you with us tonight. You are hearing a live broadcast this May 23rd, 2021 from the studios of KDIX Dickinson, North Dakota. And does anybody listen to the radio anymore? Are you out there listening? I know some of you are listening on the internet. Who's listening on this AM station tonight? Text me tonight, 701 290 7862 you can text me if you're listening on the internet too but it's just kind of fun to know who's listening the old-fashioned way on your am radio driving around in your car and this has a range of oh i don't know 50 miles from dickinson i suppose and so i just want to hear who's listening tonight you don't have to i won't ask for your social security number or anything it's just always fun to hear who's listening so far i've had a few people text me tonight We've got Sydney listening down in uh, Wishick, Ashley area. Good to have Sydney listening tonight. We have Brother Johnson listening in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. You never know where the wind... I kind of think with Brother Johnson, he just must walk outside every morning and hold his finger up and figure out which way the wind's blowing, and that's the direction he travels. We've got Jody listening in in Harvey. Heard good things about Jody today. Her brother... Was preaching in our church in Dickinson and she's got Jody, Malachi, Skyly, and, and Evly, Evely, Evly. How do I say that? I always say this. Anyway, they're listening tonight. We've got, uh, Doug listening tonight and he's up somewhere on the lake, Sakakawea. We've got Tim listening in North Carolina. We've got some Stoldorfs listening tonight. Good to have them listening. Now, as any of you that are Members of our church here, the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, know I haven't been preaching much lately. We've been having special speakers and we've got more special speakers coming. So, um, I'm kind of getting excited to, to preach again. And so I'm going to do that on the radio tonight. Last week, last Sunday, we, my, this chair was filled in by, um, uh, brother Dale Jones, a minister from the Minneapolis area. And he did a great job. I got to hear most of that program while I was traveling. And we, we listened to that and, and heard good things from other people about it too. So he was really connecting with people on his topic and uh, appreciate him filling in for us. He's uh, not a stranger to our church. He's been part of what we've done here for many, many years. Even though he lives far away, we've had him come and preach many times. And, um, we have, uh, we, we, uh, when we first started the church in Dickinson many years ago, which is over 30 years now, Uh, we were, we struggled for several years and then we, um, had a youth revival. We had some young people from the high school and college and we ended up with, it was just amazing. We would have sometimes 30 high school, college kids attending church. Um, a visitor asked me one time, they said, is this some type of college outreach you have? I said, no, this is just who's coming. And so, um. And Brother Jones was part of that. He he was one. He was an evangelist that we would call to come and minister to these kids. And so that was exciting. See who else is texting me here tonight. We've got uh, Sister Yvonne and Marin down in Bowman listening. I got to see them on Thursday. We took a missionary from, to Ireland down there. The Bretzes are listening. Miss miss them, and um, be good to see them again. So you can text me tonight seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. Now I didn't bring my Guitar in the studio, I'm going to be playing a selection of music, uh, some kind of off-the-wall stuff, but I think you'll like it. Uh, i got a topic that is not for the faint of heart again. I want to start reading Matthew 22. Jesus is telling a parable. I'll just read it all, Matthew 22, 1 through 14. Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and and they would not come. Again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and treated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find bid to the marriage. So the servants went out into the highways, and gathered together all, as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless." Then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. And I want to talk tonight on this topic, fitting into God's church. You know, um, and I'll get to this parable here in just a minute, but many times people, I suppose, especially women, men were not quite as fussy about what we wear, but I think women are a little more fussy. Women, if they gain a little weight, they end up buying a new wardrobe. They buy new clothes that are more comfortable, that look a little better on them because they've gained some weight. Now, some guys probably do the same thing or should do the same thing, maybe. And I want to talk about this tonight. Um, Their old clothes are uncomfortable because they don't fit into them anymore. And if they were to try to wear their old clothes, they would have to go on a diet so that they could fit into them. And my topic tonight is going to be about that. People tell me over the years that we've, st- when, since we've started the church here in Dickinson, we've got a great church, great people, but people will tell me that we just can't find a church that we fit into. We, we just can't find a belief system that goes along with our ideas. Um, You know, they people try to find a church or a belief system much the same way people try on their clothing. They try to find a church or a belief system that they feel comfortable in. And here in this parable that Jesus told, there was a man, apparently the wedding uh, garments were handed out for the people to wear. Uh, That's not said in this parable, but I'm assuming it is because they invited the poor people that wouldn't have had wedding garments. So apparently everybody had a wedding garment, and this person chose not to wear his. And because of that, he was expelled from this wedding. And he was not one of the chosen because when he was called, he didn't do what he needed to do to become one of the wedding guests, to stay at the wedding. And this topic is um, is is very dear to me tonight. And, I, and I'm, I'm reaching out to some of you, especially some of you here listening locally in Dickinson. You know, finding a church or a belief system that goes along with our way of thinking versus changing our way of thinking to go along with God's thinking. Did you get that? Are you trying to find a church or a belief system that goes along with your way of thinking? Or are you interested in changing your way of thinking to come in a long line with what God's thinking? You know, the... Um, Jehovah Witnesses have their own translation of the Bible. It's called the New World Translation. I'm convinced that the reason they have this translation is because they wanted a Bible to go along with their beliefs. But wouldn't it be better to change your beliefs to go along with the Bible? Tonight, In this broadcast, I want to talk to you about how dangerous it is to find a church that you fit into rather than fitting into God's church, because that's what we should do. I'm going to play a song called Tell It Like It Is, and this song is where we got the idea 20-some years ago to name this broadcast, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862.
3: And preacher, man, don't tell me no lies That believe and you're saved The which comes televised That fable may make money for the fornicating Jimmy But the message of salvation Is the one that you should give me Tell it like it is Tell it like it is I do not want to go to hell So tell it like it is Tell it like it is Tell it like it is, it like it is, it like it is. I do not want to go to hell So tell it like it is They told me I was saved when I ate the dough-god host But I've seen in the Bible that I need the Holy Ghost They said that I could get it with a tap on the head But first I've got to die so God can raise me from the dead Tell it like it is, tell it like it is I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is Tell it like it is, tell it like it is I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is The priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. Don't oh, tell me that I'm fine and should put away my fears. I bought that lie before it only could be my ears. It's hypocrisy so thick that now I want to puke it. And I'm sorry, my friend, if that offends your hermeneutic. So tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is, tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. I do not want to go to hell, so tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. do not tell it like it is. it like it.
2: Tell it like it is. That's the name of this broadcast. Tell it like it is. You. um So, do you want a preacher tonight to tell you what you want to hear to hoochie your ears out? Hoochie coo your ears. Tickle your ears, or do you want a preacher to tell it like it is? Doug texted me this scripture in Second John 1, 9, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Topic tonight is fitting into God's church. Not finding a church to fit into, but... Fitting in to God's church. Becoming holy like he wants us to. And to do that, there's gotta be some changes in our life. This idea that we come to God just as we are, I can go along with that. But he's not gonna leave us the way we are. That's not his desire. That's not his intention. That's not his will. And so you come to God the way as you are. And he starts to change you and to bring us into conformity to his will. 2 Corinthians three seventeen and 18 in the New Living Translation says this, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. To be a true disciple of Jesus, we must change our thinking and bring it into conformity to God's thinking. Uh, My pastor used to say holiness is conforming to the nature and to the will of God. And so he'll take us the way we are, but he's not going to leave us that way. God isn't going to leave you that way. And if you want to stay the way you are when you come to God, you're going to find out that the Spirit of God is not going to be dealing with you anymore, which is a scary thing. You know, this concept uh to you, some of you listening, is very normal, like very common, very uh, like preaching to the choir type of thing. But to many of you tonight, this is way different than the religion you're used to. The religion you've heard about is a religion that you make up on your own, a religion where you think God is going to go along with your ideas. <coughs> it's a, it's a, uh, you know, a church, uh, for some reason, God's church has always been criticized that pe- they think we're judgmental. It's not like that. No, we want people to come and you come just the way you are to God. Absolutely. And, uh, if you come to God and, and, uh, and you don't look like a Christian, act like a Christian, talk like a Christian, Uh, when you come to our church, we're going to be glad you're there. Absolutely. But you're going to hear things like you're going to hear tonight on this radio show in our church at the New Life Pentecostal Church. And it isn't because we're trying to hurt you, but it's because our job is to teach people what pleases God. I would imagine if I went down through the streets of Dickinson and did an interview and said, ask this question, how many of you want your life to be pleasing to God? I would imagine in Dickinson, North Dakota, I would get probably 95% of the people that would say, yes, I want my life to be pleasing to God. But my second question would be, so what does it take to please God? And I bet I would get a lot of different answers, and most of them wouldn't be right. How can you please God if you don't know what pleases God? Like, how can you make Pastor Bob's favorite breakfast if you don't know what my favorite breakfast is? And that's why telling it like it is is so important. When you tell people what they need to do to please God, it gives them the information, it gives them the power to be able to do what's right. And that's why it's not just people say, well, do you pastor a Bible-believing church? No. I pastor a Bible-obeying church. There's a big difference there. Because it's not just enough to find out what pleases God, but then we have to put it into practice. You see, that's why it's so dangerous For you to say to people, and and I'm going to bring this up on the show, and I've got some time. I didn't bring my guitar. I'm going to play a little music to break this up. But it's so important that you don't say things like, well, I just wasn't comfortable at your church, Pastor Bob. Are we supposed to be comfortable? Like like I said, if you have gained a bunch of weight, you're not going to be comfortable in your clothes. You're going to have to buy some clothes to be comfortable in. But in God's kingdom, he's the one issuing the clothes. He's the one telling us what to do. And many, many times it goes against the grain. But when we understand that we have a humanness about us that does not like the things of God, we have a humanness about us that rebels against the wisdom of God. And the Apostle Paul said, that I crucify that humanness, that flesh, every day. You know, it is God's command that we are changed and that we are changed to fit into his kingdom, into his church. See, that's why there are so many people that are so misinformed. Well, I thought a church should be there to make everybody feel good and make everybody feel comfortable and comforted. But it doesn't say that in the Bible. In fact, in the Bible it said judgment begins at the house of God. Like, we find out how we're doing when we come to the house of God. And sometimes preaching can challenge us. Like, if you're looking for a church that doesn't challenge you or convict you, don't come to our, our church. Because, and, and don't listen to this radio program anymore. Just tell it like it is radio show. I, there's no topic here that I avoid. And tonight I'm not going to avoid. I'm going to talk about some things. The Bible says in First Peter chapter 1, 14-16, he says, as obedient children, not fashion yourselves according to the former lusts and your ignorance. In other words, don't act like you used to act when you didn't know any better. <clears throat> he said, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. The New King James Version says, in, in all of your conduct, be holy, because it is written, be ye holy. For I am holy. That word "holy" is is a uh, the original language is quadash, and it simply means to be holy, pure, devoted, separated. That's what it means. Becoming a true disciple of Jesus is becoming more and more like Him. He said, "Be holy, because I am holy." It's a command of God. You need to start being like your Father. It, holiness should really be a natural result of a spirit-filled life. We start to act like, we start to look like, we start to sound like our Father. We have his DNA, the divine nature of the Almighty. Brother Doug will like that one. But it's a process. A baby Christian has got some things he needs to learn, just like a baby person. You know, this, um, so, so let me just get right into it here tonight. You know, if you're interested in finding a church that fits you, you're probably going to have trouble with the new life Pentecostal church here in Dickinson. But if you like truth, you're going to love our church. Because we're not afraid of the truth. We're not afraid to say the truth. Someday Pastor Bob might be in jail because he says the truth. That day seems to be closer now than ever. We got in trouble last year because we wouldn't shut our church down because of of the flu. I mean, there were people that were upset with Pastor Bob, if you can imagine that. I mean, they were upset. Now all the churches are open and COVID's just as bad as it. I mean, it's out there and you know, people still get it. But last year... You know, everybody was mad. Pastor Bob's trying to kill everybody. Well, there's a day coming that I believe that I'll probably end up in jail because because I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. Hope not. Don't want to end up in jail. I've got 20 grandkids, a couple great-grandkids that I like hanging around. I don't want to be in jail. Maybe they'll let them visit me. But what areas of our life does holiness affect? Well, number one, It affects the inside of a person. Jesus was big into this. You know, this, uh, Jesus said in Matthew 23, Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you may clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but within are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, and that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, For you are like unto whited sepulchers, or tombstones, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones, and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And so number one, being changed into God's image, or finding a church that challenges you to be changed into God's images image starts on the inside of a person like for instance honesty honesty is something that starts on the inside you know humility is something on the inside you can you can act honest you can talk about how honest you are but you can be a dishonest person you can you can talk about how humble you are but you can be a very proud person no one now you know and the only reason I'm saying some of this stuff is because I know that there are going to be people that criticize me tonight on the radio, and they're going to say things like, Pastor Bob's just talking about outward holiness, but, you know, people have to be holy on the inside, too. Absolutely. I'm starting there tonight. But I'm telling you that outward or inward holiness always ends up on the outside. Because not only, not it was the same Jesus... That said, you guys are like a bunch of whitewashed tombstones. You look good on the outside, but you're full of dead man's bones on the inside. It was the same Jesus that said this in Matthew five fourteen. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all them that are in the house. Let your lights so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This is outward holiness. In other words, when God begins to change us, he changes us so the whole world can see that we've been changed. You know, this idea that don't judge me, preacher, you know, it's between me and God, preacher. God sees my heart, preacher. Well, all those things are true. Yes, it is between you and God. Yes, I'm not gonna. I'm not here to judge you, unless I'm your pastor, then I'm supposed to. <laughs> and then, and and thirdly, you know what? I mean, it is between you and God. I mean, it is. But what's on the inside of a person will show up on the outside. I'll tell you a verse that's twisted around a lot. First Samuel 16:7 where the Lord said to Samuel, "Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him: for the Lord seeth not as a man seeth; for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart." This verse is so misconstrued by some people. It it's saying This verse is simply saying you can look right and not be right. But what people try to make this verse say, people try to make it say the opposite. They try to make it say you can look wrong and be right. That's not what it's saying. David's big brothers looked right, but weren't right. David's big brothers They looked like they were good men, but the Lord said, no, I see their heart. It's not right. You see, you see, a misconstrued religion is turning this around and trying to make people say it's saying something that it's not. You can be a wolf in sheep's clothing, but you will never be a sheep in wolf's, in wolf's clothing. Because sheep don't want to look like wolves. Wolves may want to look like sheep to deceive somebody. But a sheep doesn't want to look like a wolf. And then this verse, not only is it misconstrued that way, but he said, Man looketh on the outward appearance, the Lord looketh upon the heart. Exactly. In other words, the only thing people can see about you is the outward appearance. So if somebody, if, if, you, if you look like a parrot, you talk like a parrot, you walk like a parrot, you're probably a parrot. You know, I mean, if you look like a Christian, talk like a Christian, walk like a Christian obey the scriptures like a Christian has done, you're probably a Christian. You see, all man can see is the outward appearance. You know, and so, I, right now I'm just coming against something. It's I'm coming against a whole, a whole religious system, and I don't think the whole religious world is listening to me, of course not. But whoever you are listening to me tonight, I'm reaching for you. All of your excuses about you know um, I don't have to change when I come to God He loves me just the way I am. Um, let me tell you this: when you come to God, you'll He is immediately going to start changing you. I mean, when I made my first move to God towards God, I I mean I, I I've got my story. I was so encouraged this week. There's a young man listening to me from somewhere, I think Tennessee or someplace. And I told my story about, uh, about the devil talking to me in my car when I was smoking pot and just, and he told me, he said he's had so many similar experiences. He's right in the middle of being delivered from all that. It was so neat to get his call this week. He called me and, and I don't remember his name or anything, but he just, it was so cool. And he, in fact, I could look it up because he texted me later, but. So, I I mean, I'm excited about it. I, I really am. But this, when God began to work in my life, when he began to draw me towards him, I immediately started changing. The drugs were out the window. The cigarettes were out the window. The swearing was out the window. The immorality was out the window. This unspiritual person that I was at 20 years old, Now was interested in going to church, interested in reading the Bible, interested in praying. You see, this idea that you can be a Christian and not be changed, that's not the Bible. And so what kind of church are you looking for today? Are you trying to, are you looking for a place that you can, that you feel comfortable in? Or are you looking to make your life in such a way That you can fit into God's church It's your choice What kind of church are you looking for? Text me tonight 701-290-7862
3: Go to the church of your choice On Sunday You may see a movie show The ushers smell of beer And the preacher is a little odd But remember, that's the church of your choice You can read the newspaper to see what's on downtown. St. Paul's has a carnival. St. Peter's has a clown. At St. Bozo's, a leaking lawn ornament pulls crowds from miles around. It's standing room only when Dagon comes down. Go to the church of your choice on Sunday. You may get a bingo game. Father Domino will take your best Sister Mo sells cigarettes But remember, that's the church of your choice At the Friendly Family Worship Center There's a political candidate Speaking on the Magogians invading Jerusalem in 2008 If you vote for him, you're guaranteed not to tribulate It's spectacular and sure to draw a good gate Go to the church of your choice on Sunday You may get a spirit-filled love fest Run for cover as the women grab the men Wipe their lipstick and makeup on them But remember, that's the church of your choice Of your choice on Sunday, you may see a video. The organist smells of beer, and the reverend is a little different. But remember, that's the church of your choice. Yes, remember that's the church of your choice. I wonder why that's the church of your choice. Maybe you should ask
2: yourself why that's the church of your choice, Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show, uh, deep hermeneutics of that song. I want to give a shout out to uh, Brother Blackshear and his family. They are going to be preaching here for a couple weeks. Uh, great, great preacher, great evangelist. And uh, you that are listening out in Holy Ghost Radio Land, uh, Gary Blackshear is his name tremendous preacher. Um it's going to be preaching up our way for a couple of weeks doing a men's retreat up here and then it's preaching in our Dickinson church. We've got um let's see the Gingriches are listening in Medora. Good to have them back. James listening from Oscaloosa, Iowa. Not sure where Oscaloosa is, but good to have them. I think I have I might have some Hussies listening tonight in Indiana and also my pastor's wife Sister Walters, are you listening tonight? What a sweet, sweet lady she is, and uh, what a great, great pastor her husband was. He's passed away now, but uh, just had so much to do with my uh, coming to God and, and uh, being discipled. In fact, what I'm talking about tonight, he uh, had a lot to do with teaching me about holiness. We're talking about here, are you uncomfortable in God's church? Are you looking for a church to be comfortable in? Because if you are, I could probably name several that you'd be very comfortable in because you can do whatever you want there. They're not going to tell you you're wrong. Like, like for instance, um, in our church, I'll just use, uh, for instance, the Bible says homosexuality is a sin. Okay, it's God's not for it. So, does that mean Pastor Bob doesn't want homosexuals to come to his church? Absolutely, I, do. I want them to come. If you're listening to me and you live in the stick area scenario and you're battling homosexuality, come to our church. We'd love to have you. Now, you say, well, that's neat. Yeah, of course it's neat because that's the this wedding feast, everybody's invited. But when you come to our church and you hear me preach what God's plan is for your life and how this is not God's plan, then you'll have to make a decision. Maybe it will make you feel uncomfortable. But you see, it's not, that's not important as much as truth is. Truth should make us feel uncomfortable if we're on the wrong side of it. And that can be whether you're living that lifestyle, or maybe you're living with somebody you're not married to. Maybe maybe you're living with somebody, you're shacking up with somebody, and you think you're better than a homosexual. I don't know why you would think that. Or maybe you're a liar and you think you're better than a homosexual. I don't know why you would think that. Because I don't believe the Bible says that. You know, this, this changing to fit into God's church is a concept that's just not out there in many of the mega churches. Not only do they say, come as you are, but they say, stay as you are. Well, I'm telling you to come as you are. I mean, we want all of you. I mean, you got a drug problem? Come to our church. Wednesday night's our next service. Wednesday at 730. you got a drug problem? At the end of the service, we'll, we'll make time for you to come up. We'll pray with you. You can repent of your sins and and, uh, and, and ask God for forgiveness and, and ask God to help deliver you, and he will. No, oh, absolutely. You've got, a, you've got a alcohol problem. Uh, you've got a marriage problem. I mean, we're looking for you, but I'm telling you, <laughs> we're not, you know, there's a, there's a song on a Christian, uh, Christian song and it, uh, I think the name of the song is This is Who I Am by Third Day, but one of the lines I really like, it said, um, uh, it, it's, it says something like this. It's. It says, um, take me as I am, but please don't leave me that way. In other words, this new birth changes everything. Like it changes how we treat others. This new birth will change how you treat your spouse. Yeah. Holiness... Changes our interpersonal relationships. Holiness will change how we treat our children. Holiness will change how we treat our parents. Maybe your parents are driving you crazy. My mom's not driving me crazy. I kind of like her. And I even like my mother-in-law. In fact, I love them. But maybe maybe your parents are driving you crazy. Well, when you come to God, he'll still help you to treat him right. Holiness affects the way we treat our employers and our employees and our it, it, it affects the way we treat even our enemies. <laughs> you see, what I'm saying is is if you are looking for a church to fit what you believe, that is messed up. You need to change what you believe to fit into God's plan. And the plan is laid out in the Bible. Holiness affects our appearance. Now this is going to make maybe some of you uncomfortable, but here again, are you interested in being comfortable or are you interested in obeying the Scripture? There are biblical distinctives in appearance that mark Christian people all over the world and down through the ages, and these are taken from the Scripture. It affects how we dress. It affects our hairstyle. It affects uh, that we don't want to adorn ourselves with something that's not real. Holiness is the adornment that God has chosen for His people. Let me read you a scripture. 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 3 through 4. It's talking about women and it says, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of the plating of hair, wearing of gold, putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. Let's see if I can turn my page, which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. That word adorning there is a Greek word, and it's cosmos, K-O-S-M-O-S. That's where we get our word cosmetic from. The Bible doesn't want us to, to wear cosmetics. He doesn't want us, the Bible doesn't want us to uh, adorn ourselves with gold or jewelry or makeup or hair coloring but it's the spirit of god this meek and quiet spirit which is supposed to be our adorning that's why all over this world and down through the ages of the christian of of true christian bible believing people you'll notice that they did not adorn themselves with makeup or or um or with jewelry or or um uh, you know with other fake ways of trying to uh, cosmetically adorn themselves now does this make you feel uncomfortable? Are some of you wondering, Pastor Bob, why would you talk about this on the radio? I'll tell you why because I'm not ashamed of it in fact, in this dark world we're living in. This stuff is going to make more and more sense as we go along to people. You let me just you know what I'll just take a little break here from you 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 Pentecostal preachers listening to me out there. This is not the time to quit talking about Pentecostal distinctives and biblical distinctives. This is the time to talk about it. <clears throat> you got to have the right spirit. You got to understand that people don't know these things. There are people that have walked with God that just need the information. That's all. You know, let me let me read you another verse here, and I, I'm starting to run out of time, but it says, 1 Timothy 2.9, it says, In like manner also that women adorn themselves, this is that word cosmetic, adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. And so here is clearly a scripture that says, don't use an outward adorning of, of jewelry or or makeup or pearls, but adorn yourself with good works. Like Be a good person. <clears throat> this is the kind of adornment that you need. And let me just say this, and I, I know I'm running out of time, and maybe I, I took too much time at the beginning, but... The word modest here, modest apparel, that simply means not drawing attention to the body, not sexually drawing attention to the body. So our clothing should cover much of our body and not be form-fitting or tight to be suggestive. In the book of Proverbs, there was a, there's a little scripture that says there was a woman that was trying to mess up a young man, and the Bible said, she met him with the clothing of a prostitute. Here's my question. If you're living for Jesus, why, would, why do you want to dress like a prostitute? Now, if you're selling beer on a beer commercial, like if you're selling Budweiser or, or um, Coors or a beer, yeah, you would probably want to dress that way because you're not. But what, what how would you dress if you were selling Jesus? You say, well, that's my business, Pastor. It is your business. But what does God think about your business? It doesn't matter what I think about it. You see, this topic tonight, fitting into God's church, <laughs> like, like, um, you, you, you walk in the first time into, you know, to a Pentecostal church, maybe you're a lady and you, there's more cotton in an aspirin bottle than you've got on. And we're all going to treat you good. We're all going to be nice to you. But when you give your heart to Jesus, there's going to be some changes taking place. Why? Because you're going to start making your life to fit into what God's plan is. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to prove that which is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, this this um, topic that I'm talking about here tonight, uh, you know, Bible-believing, Bible-obeying people, Bible-obeying, Spirit-filled people dress modestly. You know, you'll find all over the world, ever since Christianity has started, even before with the Jewish faith, that men and women did not dress in the same types of clothing. Deuteronomy twenty-two five it says, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. That's why Pastor Bob doesn't wear dresses. I don't wear dresses or skirts, because that is a type of clothing that women wear. And the Bible says don't do that. But I didn't always believe that. When my wife and I first started going to a Pentecostal church, we didn't believe that. But you see, there are changes that start taking place. (coughs) Uh, The Scripture talks about in 1 Corinthians, and I can't get to all this, But it says it's a shame for a man to have long hair. But it says that it's a glory for a woman to have long hair. And in the Greek, that word long means uncut. That's what it means. And so these aren't scriptures that I'm making up. And each one of these could be a whole radio topic. But why am I doing this on a public AM radio station? Because I'm telling you, are you looking for a church that you would feel comfortable in? Or are you looking to live your life in such a way that God is comfortable with you? Because that's really what we should do. See, this program is not about you feeling good about yourself. This tell it like it is program is not about you, you know. Oh, I feel really good about myself, Pastor Bob. Thank you. It's not about feeling good about yourself. It's about becoming good. It's it's about it. We're not talking about uh, getting right with God. We're talking about we are getting right with God. And when you begin to fight against the Scripture because it doesn't go along with your thinking. That's really dangerous. Years ago, and who knows, this person might be listening to me, but years ago I was teaching a Bible study to a person. And it was just he and I, and, and I was over at his uh, little house, and, and I was teaching him this Bible study. And he said to me, he was really liking the Bible study, and he said to me, I really like this Bible study. As long as it keeps going along with what I agree with, I'm going to really enjoy it. And I looked at him I said, what you just said is really dangerous. Going along with what you agree with? We need to go on a spiritual diet. We need to fit into the clothes that God has given us. And I'm not talking about clothing here. You know, this holiness affects our entertainment. Christian people whether they were back in the first century Christian people didn't go to the to the gladiator games Christian people still don't go to the gladiator games and now they're on TV 2 Corinthians chapter 6:14 says be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? So we are trying to reach unbelievers, but you're not reaching unbelievers by listening to their music or watching their movies. Many of these Hollywood producers and actors are so goofed up. Why would you want to listen to anything they had to say? Some of these Hollywood producers and actors and actresses they're, they even say, we're not even going to give our kids, we're not even going to tell our kids whether they're boys or girls or not. Well, I mean, the doctor can just take one look at you and tell. But we'll let them, we'll let them decide that when they're older. And you know what? If, if that was some kind of a comedy skit or something, it would be funny. But my heart goes out to those poor kids. You talk about mixed up. And so my question, I don't hate people. I don't hate Hollywood actors, actresses, or producers. I don't hate them at all. But why should I watch their movie? Why should I read what they have to say? Why should I listen to their music? To their lyrics? You see, there's some changes that take place to fit into God's church. When I first came to God... I was an avid TV and movie watcher. Spent a lot of time doing it. My wife will tell you that, um, I would stay up until back then, till the TV went off the air at midnight with the national anthem. And then I would reluctantly shut it off and go to bed. I would watch whatever came on. But when I first gave my life to God, I still had a TV. But it was making me mad. I was watching stuff, and I'm like, they're making fun of the things of God. They're making fun of the people of God. I could tell it. <clears throat> and one day my dad came up to visit us. We were going I was going to college in Valley City, North Dakota. And I looked at my dad, and I said, you want to take this TV home with you? And he goes, why? He said, what are you going to watch? I said, we don't watch it anyway. I don't agree with what's on it. So my dad took the TV home with him, and I haven't had one since. And that's 42 years ago. You say, are you bragging, Pastor Bob? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not i am not ashamed that I don't have a TV. I think it's wisdom not to have a TV. But here's the deal. Why do I want to have a TV when I don't agree with it? Like the adultery, the violence, <coughs> um, the anti-God sentiment, and the waste of time. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't do much here as far as um, getting off the topic tonight. But, but you know, simple topic. And I, I, I want to just burn this into your head. You know, are you trying to find a church or a belief system that fits you? You know, um, I remember one time when we were first. You know, we've got a good sized church now, and I'm I'm happy about it. We've got a building that will hold 500 people. We're not full yet, but um, we're planning on filling that thing up. But I remember when we were starting the church and how we struggled and struggled and how how, um, we'd build a congregation sometimes to 30 or 40 people, and it would just collapse, and we'd be back down to 15, 20, and we just went on and on, and finally we started having breakthroughs, and people started getting a hold of this topic that I'm talking about tonight, but I remember a particular service where a lady and her daughter came to church. And after the service, I walked back to greet her, and she said, um, Pastor, I just want you to know we won't be coming back here again. But I want to give you a few pointers. I remember that very well. I remember another time when we were first starting the church. Uh We didn't really have a lot of people. um... We didn't have a lot of families. We sure do now. We got, we got lots of kids and families and young couples. But this person said, uh, we're looking for a church that's got some teenagers, you know, kind of a youth program. And I guess yours won't work. And I said, why don't you come and you can be the first one? <laughs> you know, why don't you stay? But they didn't. In other words, people were looking for a church that fit what they want instead of changing who they were to fit into God's church. Well, Pastor Bob is the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson, North Dakota. And our next service will be Wednesday night at 730. The address is 501 Elks Drive. As far as I know, yours truly is the speaker this Wednesday night. and. Starting this coming, a week from today, Brother Gary Blackshear will be preaching at our church. Uh Tuesday night in Beach at the Beach Community Center at 730, we have a service. We've got a church building in Beach that we're working to remodel, turning into a church. And then when that gets done, we'll start having Sunday services there, too. We have a Sunday and Thursday night service in Bowman, North Dakota. That's 18 North Main, Bowman, North Dakota. Oh, somebody's calling me on my phone. The... Um, and so, the uh, we we would like to have you come and join us, and and all those three places. We uh, on Sundays in Dickinson, our church service starts at ten o'clock, Sunday school at ten o'clock, and our worship service is at eleven o'clock. There's a men's Bible study, also on on. Um, Friday mornings at the church at 6 a.m., so remember that. Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this broadcast, I ask you to be with us. Lord, I pray that you help us to realize, Lord, it's really not up to you to create a church that we like, but, God, that you've already created the church, and we just need to change our thinking to come into agreement with yours. And we just pray today in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. I'm going to end with this song. Uh, let's see where, here it is right here.
3: What I was reading I said How can I accept some man should guide me? For the remission of sins, I heard I had to rise to walk in unison of life. Receive the Holy Ghost, speak in another tongue.